Good afternoon, everyone. Bruchim Abam. Shalom Aleichem. Good to see everybody. We have an amazing uh, shir up ahead of us today on a timely and exciting subject. Lag ba'oimer ha'ba'aleinu l'tayva. Bruchim Abam to the Kolol Agar the Perka nationwide. Many have heard already. We're launching a campaign now to build a new Torah center here in Cedarhurst. If anybody wants to participate, this will be a kihila and a base medrash and a Torah center to broadcast the shiurim. So even if you live in a different neighborhood, please consider it your makayim and whatever you could do to help us out. Um, Baruch Hashem in our shul, we try to maintain the kedusha of the makayim. We have no talking in our shul. We have no cell phones in the base haknesses. So... We are sure that we will be zoicha, that when Mashiach comes, it will become part of the Beis HaMikdash. So if you could be Meshtatev, we'd really appreciate it. We're now going to speak about the exciting subject of Lag Boimer. And... Excuse me, Rebbe. Yes. Will you be sending out the Makoros? Okay, you want the Mara uh, Yeah. There's a group of people who receive. Okay, sure. Let's also, see. Good morning. Uh, put the phone lines. Are we doing the phone lines? Okay. Um, today, today you'll have to use the screen. I'm going to send it out after. Okay. The the Marmakaymas. We're going to um, speak about the subject of Lag Boimer, and of course, it's assumed that Lag Boimer is. The Yoima uh, Dehilula, the yard site of Rav Shembayachoy, and that is part of why it's such a day of joy. And first, let's try to examine: Is there any basis for that? Is there any makar that, in fact, Lag Boimer is the yard site of Rav Shembayachoy? It's interesting if you look in the uh, Shas. In Shas, we do not find that Lag Boimer is the yard site of Shembayachoy. It's not found in the Medrash. It's not found in the Zayar Hakadosh. In fact, it's not found in any of the Kisvei Ari. There is no clear Makar that Lag Boimer is the yard site of Rav Shem Whenever the Rav Chaim Vital discusses the subject of Lag Boimer, he does everything but say that this is, in fact, the uh, yard site of the Rajbi. So that's uh, something very interesting. If you look in the Shar HaKavonos, um, in Sfira Soimer, page Kuftzad Yalef, the Shar HaKavonos, Rabbi Chaim Ritao brings, that on Lag Boimer, the Minog is to go to the Kever of the Rajbi, and Rabbi Lezer, his son, who are buried in Meiron, and you eat there, and you drink there, and you rejoice there. And Rabbi Chaim Ritao says, that I myself saw that the Arizal went to Meiron, Rabbi Yisrael, you should have it now in your inbox. Okay, sorry about that. That uh, I saw the Arizal himself go to Meiron, unlike Baomer, him and his whole household, and he stayed there three days. And this was the first time when the Arizal came from Egypt. But I'm not sure, says Rebchaim Vital, if the Ari at that point in time was already a Bucky in Kabbalah, or he didn't know it yet. But either way, 
the uh, this is like the first recorded uh, record of a tzaddik going to Meiron on Lag Boimer to the cover of the Rajbi. And then we have a very well-known story that Rabbi Chaim Vital brings about um, Rabbi Avram Halevi, who uh, said that on a particular year, Rabbi Avram Halevi also went to Meiron. And his custom was, very interestingly, that in the bracha of Rachim, of Uvnei Yushalayim, he would say, Nachim Hashem Elekeinu Now when do we say Nachim Hashem? We say it on Tishabav, but this Rabbi Avram Alevi would say it daily. And when he went to Meiron, he followed his usual custom, he said, Nachim. And then when he finished Shemona Esrei, um, when he finished Uvnei uh, Yushalayim, so the Arizal said, I can't believe it. I just saw the Rajbi. He was standing over his kever. And he said, go tell that man, Avram Halevi, why would he say, Nachim, B'yoyim Simchaseinu? He will in fact need Nechama B'karayv. And not a month passed until his son died. And he had to accept Tanchumim. So Zuchayim Vital, the reason I write this is to teach that there is a great Shoresh, and there's a basis, and there's a a source for the practice of Lag Ba'omer, especially the Rajbi, who is uh, one of the five students of Rabbi Akiva, and therefore it's a Zman Simcha on Lag Ba'omer, and Rabbi Chaim Vital does everything but say it's a day of Simcha because it's the yard side of the Rashbi. So, if anything, from these words of Rabbi Chaim Vital, one may infer that it's not the yard side of the Rashbi, because if it was, then what's he saying? That he's trying to explain what the source of Lagba Oimer is, and the source is the story that someone said Nachim, and Arizal reprimanded him, and especially uh, Rajbi is one of the students of Rabbi Akiva, and the students stopped dying on Lagba Oimer. Just say, today's the yard side of the Rajbi. So that's very curious that Rabbi Chaim Vital did not mention anything about it being Rabbi Shimbar Yechai's yard site. In the Sefer of Siddur of Shapsi, which is known as the Siddur of the Arizal, he says it's a mitzvah to go to the kever of the Rajbi and Rabbi Lazar on Lag Ba'imer. Don't say Nachim. You know what happened the last time someone tried to say Nachim. So here we have that it's a mitzvah to go to Meiron. Now we're Jews. We like to do mitzvahs. So how are we going to fulfill this mitzvah? Our, it's not going to be so easy to get there this year, especially now. In the Sefer Mishnah's Chassidim, he also brings that through Rabbi Akiva and his Talmidim, including among them Rabbi Shemba Yechai, the world was Neskayim, therefore do not mourn on this day for the Chorben, so you should not be punished like Rabbi Avram Halevi was. So again, another source in a Kabbalistic Sefer for the uh, basis of Lag Ba'imer. And from time immemorial, the tradition among even great people, where they would make the pilgrimage to the kever of the Rajbi of Rav Shemar Yechai. In fact, in the Sefer, Kuntras Kavid Malachim of Shmuel Heller, he brings, I testify, he says. He says, I testify that they were, the great Sephardic Rabbanim that would make the pilgrimage to the kever of the Rajbi 
even the great Rav, Rav Chaim Ben Atar. You know who Rav Chaim Ben Atar is? The Orach Chaim HaKadosh. He too went to the Hilula one time in Sfas. And when he was in Sfas, he went up to Meron. And when he got up to the bottom of the mountain, that from there heads upward to Meron, he got off his donkey and he crawled on his hands and his feet and he would sigh and he would moan like an animal. How can I, lowly one, tread into a place of fire, into the flame of the burning fire of God and this whole retinue of angels and all the souls of the righteous? And he was Misameach Simcha Gedoyla, Milanu Gadome Arachayim HaKadosh, and even the Arachayim HaKadosh would participate in all the festivities and he would burn clothing along with the rest of the Yidin that were Mesameach. So here we have that Reb uh, Chaim Ibn Atar, the Rachaim HaKadosh himself, would go to the Makoim of uh, the Hilula of the Rajbi and uh, participate with great humility and Hislahavos on that great day. Now, so what do you do, Rabbi if you live in New York? Or you can't make it to Meron Alag Ba'imar. You have an Oynas. You live far away. You live in Chutzaretz. And you can't get Lemerona on Lag Ba'imar. So Rav Yaakov Hillel, I have a Sefer of Yaakov Hillel. Actually, I have a whole bunch of his Svarim. And the name of this Sefer is <laughs> the name of this sefer is Eid Hagal Hazah, and the, it's all about Lagba Oimer by the great Makubo Rabbi Yaakov Hillel. And he says, if you can't make it to Meron on Lagba Oimer, there is an Eitzah, you could, there's something you could do. And that is, you could celebrate the Kedusha Sayoim by being Oisek in the Torah of the Rajbi from the Sefer Hazoyar. And by speaking about the greatness of the day and the praise of the Rajbi, you could access and tap into a mechanism that will be considered as if you were there. The same way we say on the Pasuk, Unashama Farim Sifasenu, that the Gemara Menachos explains anyone who's Oisek in Torah, it's like you're a Makriv, an Oila, a Mincha, a Chatas, or an Asham. So, so too, if learning about Karbanos is like bringing them, learning about the Rajbi is like being by the Rajbi. Especially what the Yushalmi says, that we don't make Matseva uh, for Tzadikim, their words are their memory, especially in light of the idea that the Neshama of the Tzadik is within the words of the, their Torah. So the Torah of a Tzadik is their Tzion, Tzion L'Nefesh Chaya, that's where their nignaz, like the Rajbi says in in Yevamos, called Tamer Chacham Shaimim Dvar Shmo Mipiv Oylem Azeh Sifsoi Soiv Doivavos Bekaver. So we see that mentioning the Torah of a tzaddik causes his lips to move. So if you can't make it to Meron, learn a shir, learn Torah from the Rajbi, and it'll be considered as if you were there. Rav. Um, Asher Weiss, in his Sefer Sichas Milchas Asher, he brings tens of thousands of Jews go to Meron to prostrate themselves um, on the care of the Rajbi and is brought in the Shah HaKavonos. However, 
someone who cannot go there, it's a skula nifla to learn the Torah of the Rajbi. And this is what my great Rebbe, says Rashi Weiss, the Klesenberg Rebbe, would do. He would have a, he would fear Tish and learn and teach and be mafalpel in the Torah of the Rajbi. And likewise, the Marinayim writes that anyone who's oisik in the Torah of a tzaddik, it's considered like he went to his kever. In any event, Rabbi Isai, what basis is there that like Boimer is the yard site of the Rajbi? The closest we have is we know that on the last day of the life of the Rajbi, he taught something known as the Idrazuta. And it says, Basar Denafak Purya, when the bed, the bear of the Rajbi went out, Habasolik Ba'avira was levitating in the air. And there was a fire pursuing after it. They heard a voice. Arise and come and gather for the Hilula. Literally the wedding of Rab Shimon. Now, many say that the reason for the Simcha of Lag Ba'imer is because it's the Hilula of the Rajbi. And they bring a raya from this segment, this passage of the Idra Zuta. Even though you could say, well, all the Idra Zuta means is that day that he died, that, that day that he passed away, it was a Hilula, it was like a Chasana. Because we know that on the day of the Petir Vatsadik, it is it brings great Tikkunim in all the Ilamais. And all the angels came to greet him with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Like it says in Ma'ikatan, But nevertheless, how do we have any indication that annually on that day it's a joyous day? Maybe only on the occasion of the ascent of the soul of the Tzaddik do we say that it's considered a happy occasion. How do you know annually, every single year on that day, it's considered a joyous day. But some maintain that if it's called a Yoma de Hilula, this would apply every year when we come around to that date. Um, but according to this reading, we understand why the Iker Simcha on this day is specifically for the Rajbi and not the other students of Rabbi Akiva because uh, of this idea that that Lag uh, Ba'imer is the Yoma de Hilula of Reb Shimon Bar Yechai. Now, even though, again, if you look in the Idra Zuta, it doesn't even say the Raji was Nifter on Lag Ba'imer, but there is some kind of ancient tradition that in fact that is the day of his Petira. And, and um, there are some Svarim that record this, but again, there is no ancient source that says that Lag Ba'imer is the Yoma, the, um, the Hilula of the Rajbi. Here you have Rabbi Yonis Naivishitz. He says that on, at the death of the righteous, the Malachi Ashares um, are desirous of the death of the righteous, and Lag Ba'imer is Yoma, the Hilula of the Rajbi, and therefore it's a great joy in Shamayim, and everybody should be frightful and um, reverent to do tshuva on that day, and the merit of the Raji will assist. But again, we see that Rabbi Yonis and Ibishitz, 
basically uh, more than 1,500 years after Rabbi Shemar Chayis Petira, he records that Lagvaimer is the day of his Petira. And by the way, Rabbi Tzadik HaKoyen likewise says that uh, Lagvaimer is the Petira of Rabbi Shemar Yechai. Although, as we mentioned, there is no ancient source that Lagvaimer is in fact the yard side of Rabbi Shemar. In fact, there is some discussion if the Chida is of the opinion that Lagvaimer is not the uh, yard side of Rabbi Shemar. Because in the Mara Be'etzba, uh, the Chida says that Yom Lag Ba'omer Yar Besimcha Lechvayd Rajvi Ki Yom Adihilula Dilei V'noi Desheratzayno Hu Sheyismachu Biyemza The Chida and the Marbeetza Ois Reish Chav Gimel He says that Lag Ba'omer is his Yom Adihilula and it's known that his will is that we rejoice on that day um, and in the Berke Yosef likewise he brings but on the other hand, so the Chida in Mara Be'edzva and Berke Yosef does record the tradition that Lag Bo'imer is the yard side of Reb Shimon. But in the Mara Sa'ayin and the Likutim, he says that the opinion that I quoted in Berke Yosef, that the Ptira of Reb Shimon is Lag Bo'imer, that's what's brought in the pre Chayim. But everybody knows the Kisve Ari are full of textual errors. And it could be that the Priyetz Chaim does not mean at all it's the yard side of Reb Shimitz. It's just perhaps the day. That Reb Shimon started, that Rabbi Kiva started to teach his five Talmidim, among which was Reb Shimon. So the Chida in the Marasayin seems to question and retract from his view that Lag Boimer is the yard side of Reb Shimon. In the Sefer Kuntras Lag Boimer, he says that don't say the Chida was retracting, don't say the Chida was saying that Lag Boimer is not the yard side of Reb Shimon. He's just saying. You can't rely on the Kisei Ari as a definitive source that it is because we know that the uh, the texts of the Kisei Ari are not um, definitively authoritative. But he's not not that the Chida is saying that it's not the yard site of Lag Um So the bottom line is Minhag Yisrael is to attribute Lag Ba'imer as the yard site of Reb Shimon, although we do not have an ancient source that this is the case. And what we're going to examine this afternoon is the following question. And this is the question the Chassam Soifer discusses in uh, the context of the earthquakes that took place in the first half of the 19th century in the city of Tzvas, the earthquakes that ravaged the city of Tzvas. And the Chassam Soifer frighteningly says that the reason why these earthquakes came and destroyed the city of Tzvas is that the culprit... And the perpetrator of this devastation was none other than Yerushalayim. That Jerusalem, like a jealous co-wife, was jealous of all the attention Svas and Meron were getting. How could it be that the city that is the gateway of heaven, the city that is connected to Yerushalayim Shomala, the city that has Har HaMoriah, where Akedas Yitzchak 
took place, where Yaakov lay and had the dream of the ladder, where the halabayases, where all tefillos go up, where the Shechina is eternal on the Kaisal Hamaravi, and yet Jerusalem lays desolate and everyone's running up to the mystics in the north, Tzvas, where you have the Ari and the Rajbi, and no one's paying any attention, only Tzvas and Teria and, and Tveria, and Yushalayim is like a, a mournful a widow. Especially, says some stuff, even in Mizmanazah, there's a mitzvah of Aliyah Laregel, Yushalayim. Interesting. There's a mitzvah to go to Yushalayim for the Shalash Shogalim. Those Jews that have the ability to go to Yushalayim for Yamtif are Mekayim, a mitzvah, Dairaisa, of Aliyah Laregel. And it says Achsam Soifer, I fought, I've had a disagreement with my good friend, Rabbi Ephraim Zalmar Golis, about this. What kind of thing is it? You're going up to Rabbi Shemarichai on Lag Ba'imer? What happened on Lag Ba'imer? He died. Oh, really? Last time I checked, said Achsam Soifer, at a funeral, people are crying, no? Did you ever see at a funeral, people get up and start dancing and start singing? And starts, you know, you know, doing a little jig and make a little bonfire and get on the guitar and start strumming away. I mean, it, it depends on if you didn't like the person, then maybe you make a big simcha. But I would assume most people have the sensitivity that even when a bad guy dies, they make believe, yeah, they make believe he's a big tzaddik. They get up there, oh, he never spoke a word of Lashon Hara when he was sleeping. And he always learned Torah. Whenever he did, one time we caught him learning Torah by accident. It wasn't his, he wasn't even trying to do it. You know, even a guy who was a Russian Marusha his whole life, after he dies, people make believe they're sad. But what is it? All of a sudden, everyone's going up to Alag Barmer to Rav Kever to rejoice when Sadiqim die. I thought it's a sad thing. Since when do we make Yomim Tovim when people die, let alone a Tzaddik? We know that on the day that a person's Rebbe passes away, it should be a fast day. Zayin Adar, mi lanu gadol mi Moshe Was anybody ever greater than Moshe? Ani mamin be'amuna shalema. Shem Moshe Rabbeinu. There was nobody ever like Moshe Rabbeinu. Zayin Adar, according to Shulchan Aruch, is a fast day. You know that? It's brought in Shulchan Aruch. That on Zayin Adar, you don't eat, you don't drink. Here, take a look. In Simon Tuf Kuf Pei. B'Shiva Ba'adar, Meis Moish Rabbeinu. It's a fast day. On the ninth day, uh, B'Sham Yisrael argued. Um, on Rosh Chodesh Av, even though it's Rosh Chodesh, it's a fast day because Aaron HaKoyin passed away. Eilu Ayomim She'eru Behem Tzoroi Slaviseinu Veroi Lehasanois even if they fall out on Rosh Chodesh. On the first day of Nisan, you know how to fast on Nisan? The Bnei Aaron died, you fast. On the 10th day, Miriam died, you fast. On the 26th day, Yeshua ben Nun, you fast. On the 10th day of Yor, Eli Akoyin died. On the 28th day, Shmuel Anavi died. On the 23rd day of Sivan. On the 25th day of Sivan, Rav Shem Gamliel died, Rav Shmuel, Rav Chanin Yitzchan On the 27th day, Rav Chanin Ben Trajan. So we have a whole simon in Shulchan Aruch. Then when Sadiqim die, you fast. And then all of a sudden, somebody made up that on Lag Boimer, Rav Shem Bar Yechai died, and we're happy. 
I mean, what happened to the Shulchan Aruch? I thought we're supposed to be fasting and mournful when a tzaddik dies. Okay. But it seems like the Chassam Soifer is, uh, yeah, there, there, is, uh, there are those who mention that. The Bnei Yisachar mentions that. And that's the day of the revelation of the Kabbalah. Right. But at the end of the day, he died. So if he died on that day, it should be a fast day. On the day of the death of the Tzaddik is a fast day. Yeah. Well, maybe, and therefore... Yeah, maybe, maybe he really did not die on that day because more, but that's when he revealed... Yeah, but uh, right. But these um, Achroinim are assuming the reason for the joy of Lag Boimer is because because it's his yard site. You know, on the day of a yard site, on the day of a parent's yard site, it says in Shulchan Aruch, you're required to fast. So we're not able to. Not everyone's able to do that. You know, some say people give tikkun on a yard site, as if by giving out oily, slimy fish. And people eating herring, it brings uh, a, an aliyah in Gan Eden to the neshama. People say, what's the name of the nifter? Ah, the name is Yankel Berel ben Faivel. Let me eat slimy fish so that his neshama could go up higher under the Kisei HaKavim. You think by eating slimy fish, you're giving an aliyah to someone's neshama? The guy is in the oil of Ma'amas. He doesn't care that you're imbibing alcohol. You think by you drinking Jack Daniels, you're giving the guy nachas ruach in Gan Eden? Okay, so the Svardim say, you make a bracha, le'iloi nishmasai. Learn a Mishnah, I guarantee you. So where did it come from? So Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky would say, it used to be on a day of a yard site, it was a fast day. So the people couldn't fast anymore. So they would learn a Masechta. And they would make a siyum. They would make a siyum, they would have a whole suda, And at the suda they would drink alcohol. Then people got a lower madrega that they weren't able to make the Suda, but to drink the Jack Daniels, that Minog, that still remained. But really, the correct thing to do on a yard site is to fast. And all of a sudden, the yard site, everyone's running to Meron, says the Chassam Soifer, leave me out of it. I prefer to me among those who don't anger the city of Yerushalayim. Again, we all know that... Uh, in light of recent occurrences, the words of the Chassam Soifer are really highlighted, you know. But that's what the Chassam Soifer wrote prophetically almost 200 years ago. But the Chassam Soifer said, I would not go to Meron on Lag Ba'imer. But Marvra Abaysai, we have to take the uh, question of the Chassam Soifer very seriously. What in the world is the difference between the day of the Petira of Moshe Rabbeinu which according to Shulchan Aruch is a day of fasting, and Lag Boimer, which traditionally is a day of joy. And Rabbi Yosef Shal HaLevi Natanzan, the Shoyal Umeshev, I heard from Rav Asher Weiss, the largest body of written material in the Torah Shabal Peh of Tshuvais is the Shoyal Umeshev. There's no larger corpus of material in the oral law and the responsa of the Shalomeshev, he deals with this question. He says, uh, first of all, he's very troubled about the custom of 
burning clothing in Meiron. He says, you know how to burn clothing in Meiron. You can't uh, burn them. It's your over baltashkos, your over two lavin in the Torah. The only reason you're allowed to burn the clothing of kings is because, he says, you're over baltashkos and you're over darche amoyri. Yes, when a king would pass away, he would burn his clothing. That's because nobody was allowed to use his his personal items anyway. So it's not baltashkos because it was it was not going to be able to use anyway. But to burn clothing in Meiron for the yard side, Rav Shimbar Yechai, I'm sure Rav Shimbar Yechai would prefer that you call up, um, you know, Masam Chelev and donate the clothing to your to some uh, poor impoverished family, but or sell it on eBay and give the money to. Uh, to Koyla Rajbi. But why would Rav Shem Yechai get Hanoi that you burn clothing? How does that honor Rav Shem Yechai? And furthermore, says uh, the Sholem he says that it should be a Yomtiv because the Rajbi passed away? I don't understand that. Adaraba, when a Tzaddik dies, you need to fast. So how did this become a Yomtiv? When Moshe Rabbeinu, the greatest person who ever lived, when he passed away in Zion Adar every year, it's a fast day. Yes, the Zoyar calls it a Hilula. Yeah, for Rav Shem Bar Yechai and the Shamayim, it's a Hilula. But for us, that we're living without Rav Shem Bar Yechai, we're Ba'avelos. What exactly is the great Simcha of Lag Ba'aymer? So that's the question we're going to explore today. I want to share with you a number of very uh, interesting answers. Some of them more satisfying than others. And ultimately, I want to end off with a, a very uh, wondrous yisoid of Reb Tzadikah. And the first answer comes from one of the uh, most important tshuvas written about Lag Vaimer from Shasa Tshuvah Shem Aryeh. And he offers the following approach. What would the difference be between the Avelos of Moshe Abenu, which is a day of Avelos, and the day of the death of the Rajvi. We know the Gemara tells us in Mestach the Shabbos, ironically on Daf Lag 33, that the Roman government decreed on the Rajvi that he should be killed, and he ran away to a cave, and he sat in the cave 12 years, up until the Caesar died, and the Gzair was battle. Look in the Gemara for the whole story. So when Rav Shemrei came out, he said, well, since a miracle happened, let me go and be Mesakin something, so he minted coins. And the, the, the Rajvi either... Um, he did some kind of public service. Either he marked off Kivarim or something else the Gemara mentions. Similar to what Yaakov Avinu did when he was saved from his danger, from his peril. He minted coins. Because when a person's life is saved, there's a concept that you should try to do something... For mankind at large, it's interesting, you know, the uh, Kloisenberg Rebbe, when he came to Eretz Yisrael, he built Laniado Hospital. And some were somewhat curious, you know, that's not the, a typical thing a Rebbe would do to build a hospital. But uh, Kloisenberg Rebbe, when he was in the on a death march, he pledged to himself that if he ever survived the war, he would do something for, he would build some type of Jewish hospital. And I'm assuming that the basis of this is we learn it out from Yaakov Avinu and the Rajvi that when a person's life is saved, they should try to show gratitude by benefiting society at large. Now, 
What do we learn from here? We learned that Rav Shemar life was in danger. And he was uh, in danger of being murdered, and that's why he had to run away to a cave. Therefore, says the Shemarie, every year on the natural death of the Rajbi, we rejoice that the Rajbi died a long natural life, and he died naturally, and he wasn't killed by the Romans. In other words, we know there's an idea that when somebody's life is saved, when you come back to that place, you need to make a bracha, that and therefore, similarly, every year when we get to the date that we feel it's a miracle that the Rajvi was still alive. In other words, what day do we celebrate the life of the Rajvi? On the day that he died. That sounds uh, counterintuitive. Yeah, because really he was going to be murdered. So the day that we feel clearest, the day that it's most apparent that the Rajbi was not murdered by the Romans was the day he died a natural death. Because if he died a natural death, then he wasn't killed by the Romans. It seems like a little bit of a uh, circuitous, complicated way to celebrate the fact that the Rajbi was not murdered by the Romans. Oh, what are we celebrating? Oh, we're celebrating the fact that he wasn't murdered. So why are we celebrating on the day that he died? Well, if he died naturally, then he wasn't murdered. But that is the interesting approach of the Shem Aryeh. There's another Sefer. The name of the Sefer is Hilula Rabbah, approach number two. That there's a difference between Moshe Rabbeinu and the Rajbi. Why are we saddened when somebody dies? Well, we miss them. But on a deeper level, it marks the end of their ability to achieve in this world. There's a finality. They cannot accomplish anything more. And in fact, when it comes to Moshe Rabbeinu, there was something he was not able to achieve. Namely, he could not go into Eretz Yisrael. But Moshe Rabbeinu had a spark. The spark of Moshe Rabbeinu was the Rajbi. There's an idea that the Rajbi was a nitzitz of Moshe Rabbeinu. And in fact, the Rajbi did enter Eretz Yisrael, and he was buried there. And that's why by the death of Moshe Rabbeinu it says, The words, Shevi. Shevi. Shimon Bar Yechai. Shama Savar. You won't go there, but Shavi, Shimon Bar Yechai, he will go, your spark, he will go there. That is why by the death of Moshe we fast. Because we are Bitsar, that Moshe didn't accomplish everything he would have liked to, namely to go into Eretz Yisrael. But the Rajbi were Mesameach because the Rajbi was able to for, sort of fulfill all of his de- spiritual desires, including be mashlim and be mesakin, the one thing that Moshe Rabbeinu was not zoicha to. By Moshe Rabbeinu's avelos, it says, Vayitzmu yimei b'chi evel Moshe. The words, Vayitzmu yimei b'chi, is also gematria shimon bar yechoi. Evel is gematria lag. So there's an idea that what Moshe Rabbeinu was not able to achieve, the Rajbi was able to achieve. Here's another idea. Um, offered by the Shari Yisachar, the Munkacher. He quotes the question of the Chassam Soifer, namely, why would we mourn the passing of Moshe and celebrate the passing of the Rajbi? He quotes the, Sha- the Shem Aryeh, and he says a very interesting chilak. 
that we know the giving of the Torah causes the heart to rejoice. And on the flip side, loss of Torah is a day of Avelas. Chazal tell us in Temura that when Moshe Rabbeinu passed away, okay, let me get you the sheet because I'm blocking everything over here. When Moshe Rabbeinu passed away, the Gemara says in Temura, they forgot 3,000 halachas during his Avelas. So therefore it's a day of Tainus because the day of Moshe's Petira caused the diminution, diminution of Torah. But on the day of the Petira of the Rajvi, like Rabbi Josh pointed out, uh, the Rajvi revealed many, many secrets. The whole Idrazuto was taught on the day of his Petira. So therefore it created great simcha. Pikude Hashem Yesharim Mesam Chilev. Torah is the source of all joy. The lack of Torah is the source of sadness. Therefore, on Lag which produced great Torah for the Jewish people, it's a happy occasion. On the day of Moshe's death, which caused Torah to be forgotten is a day of sadness. Furthermore, Moshe Rabbeinu said on the day of his petira, la, la his, the, uh, the, path, the passages and the wellsprings of Torah were sealed shut. So the Torah was, came to a halt on Zion Adar. Masha'in came on Lag the world of Torah was opened to uh, Rav Shem So that is the third distinction between Moshe and the Rashbi. The Rashbi's Petira created more Torah in the world. Moshe Rabbeinu's Petira cre- uh, caused less Torah in the world. Distinction number four. Shalos HaTshuvah's Divrei Yatsiv. Chuvas of the Kleisenberg Rebbe, he says a very enigmatic distinction. I'm somewhat afraid even to quote over what he says in the name of his illustrious ancestor, the Sanzarov, and that is why the day of Moshe Rabbeinu's Petira is a day of tragedy and the day of the Petira of is a day of Simcha. And that is Moshe Rabbeinu was not able to complete in accordance with the greatness of his soul everything he could have because of the sins of his generation and he could not get into Eretz Yisrael. And therefore the day of his death is a day of sadness. They're very similar to what we saw in Hilula Rabbah. Masha'in Kain, the Rajbi, was able to fulfill all of his spiritual ambitions and desires and therefore the day of his death was a day of simcha. Another approach, until we come to the grand finale. The Gemara in Sukkah says on Memheya Mebeis, Amr Chizkiya, Amr Yirmiya, Mishum Rajbi. I have seen B'nai Aliyah, people who want to grow, V'hin Mu'atin, and they're very few. There are not so many people in this world that want to grow. Most people, okay, I dive in Shachas, check. I dive in Mincha, check. I dive in Marav, check. I learned today, check. Okay, I'm done. Leave me alone. They're not interested. Most people don't want to be constantly doing more, thinking about how they could accomplish more, how could they strive for more. There are not so many Bnei Aliyah. But Rosh Hashem Bar said, if there are a thousand people, 
Me and my son are from among them. If there are a hundred, me and my son. If there are only two in the world, it's me and my son. So the Shalsachubas Mayim Chaim brings that the reason why when Moshe Rabbeinu passed away, never did there arise anyone like Moshe Rabbeinu. So therefore, we're without him. We're done. So we're without him. The world is without Moshe Rabbeinu. It's a day of sadness. But the Rajvi said that his son is his equivalent. So therefore, when he died, it's not a day of sadness because we're not left without the Rajvi. We have his equivalent in this world. His son is just as great as he is. Now, why that's a cause of celebration? Oh, we're dancing, we're joyous, we're singing. What are you so happy about? I'm so happy because Rav Shemaychai, when he died, he had someone just as great as him. Are you kidding me? That's what, give you, that's what gives you your kicks? That's what you're so happy about? That's why you're climbing up the mountain and you're singing and you're dancing? Because a Rajbi died, he had a Mamala Makaim. Alright, whatever gives you your kicks, that's, you know, it's a hard answer to understand why that would be such a big source of simcha and joy, but that is the approach of the Imayim Chaim. And now, I want to share with you the uh, great approach, a wondrous approach, an ennobling idea of Rab Tzadik HaKoyin of Lublin, he brings it in the Sefer Pritzadik on Parshas Emar and Lag Ba'omer. He also writes a similar idea in Poiked Ikarim. And this idea is the subject of a nice chunk of the Sefer, Eid Hagal Hazeh of Rabbi Yaakov Hillel. And Rabbi Yaakov Hillel, based on Rabbi Tzadik HaKoyin, and this is really the idea of Rabbi Tzadik HaKoyin, draws a major distinction between the sages of the written law and the sages of the oral law. When a tzaddik dies, instinctively, it's a very sad time because we are left without the tzaddik. And moreover, we're left without the Torah and we're left without what we could learn and glean from the tzaddik. And it should be a time of Avelas. And it is. And that's how Moshe Rabbeinu died on Zion Adar. It's a day of Avelas. And when Aaron HaKoyin died on Rosh Chodesh Av, it's a, even though it's Rosh Chodesh, it's a time of Avelas. And when Yeshua Benon died on Chavav Nisan, it's a time of Avelas. Because we lost them and we lost their Torah. And... The truth is, whatever we need to get from, get from them, we got from them. And whatever they taught is written down. So now we have the written document. So it's just a time of sadness. But there is a certain phenomenon that when a sage of the oral law passes away, it actually transmits the Torah to the Jewish people in a much deeper and more uh, compelling way. And the Medrash describes it as follows. You know, when your Rebbe teaches you Torah, you're open to it, you're receptive, but at the end of the day, person says, ah, I'm going to learn Torah from him. He just ate something. 
So he's a human being. So, you know, he's just like me. He just drank something. He just took care of his needs. He just made a mistake. Oh, he made a mistake. He just did something that wasn't 100% proper. It's not really so easy to fully be receptive from a Rebbe, the oral law, because at the end of the day, he's a human being, and human being has human beings have deficiencies, and human beings have many deficiencies. But the moment the Rebbe dies, and you realize, you know what, I can't ask him anymore. You know what, so long as the Rebbe's alive, you can say, you know what, I didn't get the shear, I'll ask him after the shear. Oh, he's not available now, I'll call him later. I'll call him after next week. So long as the Rebbe is alive, a person is not fully impacted by the Torah of the Rebbe because the Rebbe has deficiencies and you could always ask the Rebbe later. But the day the Rebbe dies and you realize I better integrate what he taught now because I can never ask him again, there is a phenomenon that the Torah of the oral law that a Rebbe teaches is implanted into the hearts of the students on the day the Rebbe dies. Because on the day he dies, he doesn't eat anymore, he doesn't drink anymore, he doesn't sleep anymore, he doesn't come late anymore, and he doesn't have deficiencies anymore. And now all he is, is what he's represented, is the Torah that he represents. There's an idea, the Torah of a Chacham is ingrained in the hearts of the student on the day the Rebbe dies. It's a Medrash on a Pasuk in Koheles. Says the When are the words of Torah implanted in a person's heart? When the teacher leaves this world. So long as a Rebbe is alive, he, a person would say, ah, I could always ask the Rebbe on a different occasion. When the Rabbi dies, your person will toil day and night to remember his learning. He knows, he remembers, he doesn't have anyone to ask. When is the Torah implanted in a person's heart? When the rabbi leaves this world. Now, says Reb Tzadik HaKoyim, when a sage of the written law leaves this world, so it's a sad time. Why is it a sad time? We lost the Rebbe. Aye, but it's happy because his Torah is implanted in our hearts? No, it's not. Because the only reason it's implanted in our hearts is because we realize we can't ask him anymore, so we're miyageya to understand what he taught us. But if it was Torah Shabbat Sav, then this phenomenon doesn't exist, because show me the book, it's all written down, it's recorded. We don't, nothing happens on the day that a siege of the written law dies. His Torah is not transmitted on that day. So on the day Moshe Rabbeinu died, it's a day of Avelos, because all we have is a day that we lost the tzaddik, and on the day Yeshua Benun died, it's the day of Avelos, and the day Aaron HaKoyin died, it's the day of Avelos. But on the day that a sage of the oral law dies, it's a day of great simcha, because that's the day that all of his Torah is given permanently to the Jewish people. Now, 
Who was the greatest sage of the oral law? Rabbi Akiva. The whole Torah Shabbat Peh is based on Rabbi Akiva. Taisefta, Sifra, Sifri, Kulan Alibad Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva is the centerpiece of the oral law. And therefore on the day Rabbi Akiva died, it should be a great day of joy. But says Rabbi Tzadik the same way on the day Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel died, we fast. You know why we fast? But what do you mean? It's the day of the death of a sage of the oral law, so we should, so we should rejoice. No. The reason we fast on the day of the death of Rabbi Shimon Gamliel is because he was murdered. So even though technically on the day of the death of a sage of the oral law, it should be a day of rejoicing because that's the day his, the Torah that he taught is ingrained in our heart. However, however, not when the rabbi is murdered. So really on the day of the death of Rabbi Akiva, it should be the happiest day of the year. Now, if I could chime in, I would humbly suggest the day of the death of Rabbi Akiva is the happiest day of the year. See, I'm Kippur. Kippur, the Gemara says, the happiest day of the year. Why is it the happiest day of the year? Because it's the day the Torah was given. The written law, the Luchash and the oral law through the death of Rabbi Akiva. Since Yom Kippur is the day of the death of Rabbi Akiva, that's the day the oral law is ingrained in the heart of Klal Yisrael. We wrote about this in the humble Sefer, Alakadamer um, Anini, in the Parakan Yom Kippur. Then in fact, the day of the death of Rabbi, of Rabbi Akiva is the happiest day of the year. But Rabbi Tzadik HaKoyin says, no, it's a sad day. It's because Rabbi Akiva was murdered. But the day of the death of Rabbi Akiva's student, the Rajbi, he wasn't murdered. He died a natural death. His soul went up to heaven. On that day, the Torah of the Rajbi, and therefore, thereby, the Torah of Rabbi Akiva, and all the oral law, was ingrained forever in the hearts of Klal Yisrael. So on the day of the death of Moshe, nothing was ingrained in the hearts of Klal Yisrael. The way Rabbi Yaakov Hillel explains it, a little differently than I did, is that Moshe Rabbeinu received the Torah beklaliyos in a very general sense. And in that general sense, it was not able to be given into our hearts and it had to be written. Rabbi Akiva was given it on an individual basis, on a very detailed basis, and that's why Rabbi Akiva would, would be doirish every kutsoi shalyot, every crown of every letter. And therefore on the death of Rabbi Akiva, it should be really a very, very joyous day. And the only reason it's not is because he was murdered. But on the day of the death of a student, the Rajbi, it's a very joyous day. It's the most joyous day in a way of the year. It's the day that the oral law was ingrained in the hearts of the Jewish people for all time. And by the way, I think we could we could have a little bit of a flavor and a taste of that. You know, when Rav Chaim Knievsky passed away, there was a certain embracing of his Torah that we always had but the fact that he's no longer here caused us to say, well, we better try to learn what he taught quick because he's not with us anymore. So this is the phenomenon described by the Medrash. Divrei chachamim kador v'anois uchemasmerois netuim ba'alei asupois nitnu meroya echad. And therefore, says Reb, um, 
Rav Yaakov Hillel. The Shulchan Aruch tells us a very interesting uh, observation. Let me see if I could. The Shulchan Aruch tells us in our Chaim, in Hilchus Rosh Chodesh, Simon Tav Chavches, that Purim will always come out on the same day as Lag Ba'imer. So this year Lag Ba'imer is Thursday, and now we remember, oh, Purim was also Thursday. What's the connection between Purim and Lag Ba'imer? The same way Chazal tell us that when Hashem gave us the written law, we ha- he. We were we said Nasavanishma. But when Hashem gave us the oral law, it was Kafalim Harkagigis. And we did not accept the oral law until Purim. Because out of the love of the miracle, the same way Purim is the day that the oral law was received and accepted by the Jewish people, Lagba Oimer is also the day the oral law is accepted and received by the Jewish people. Because it's the day we rejoice over the fact that the Rajbi, when he died, and he's the primary disciple of Rabbi Akiva, so now all of his teaching became ingrained on the hearts of the Jewish people. Really, we would have done it on the death of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva was murdered, and therefore, the day that we celebrate, the fact that the oral law was given to the Jewish people is the same day as Purim. They have this common theme. They have this commonality. They are both celebrations of the acceptance with love of the Torah Shabbat Peh. So, Marvah we shared a number of approaches of why even though Zayin Adar is a Yom of Simcha, Zayin Adar is a day of Avelos, Lag is a day of Simcha. Number one, we're celebrating the fact that the Rajbi died naturally, wasn't killed by the Romans. Number two, the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu could not enter Eretz Yisrael, but he finally had Tikkun on Lag in being able to be buried in Eretz Yisrael. The Munkatcher says it, on the day of the Avilas of Moshe, Torah was forgotten. On the day of the Petira of the Rajvi, Torah was disseminated. The Devei Yatsiv, the Klozim brings from the Sanzarov that on the day when Moshe Rabbeinu died, it was somewhat uh, mournful because he could not accomplish everything he would have liked to. It's very difficult to say this because we believe that Moshe Rabbeinu reached the pinnacle of human achievement, but as opposed to the Rajbi, he was mashlim l'fi yichaltai. And then we have the idea that when the Rajbi died, he left over a uh, someone equal to him, namely his son Reb Lazar Reb Shimon. And the approach of Ratzalik HaKoyen is that Moshe, being a chacham mechachmei tar shebachsav, so when he died, all that we experienced was avelos. But when the Rajbi died, it was ingrained and imbued and embedded in the hearts of the Jewish people. All the Torah of his great Rebbe, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Shimon said, Shanu midoisai, learn my teaching. Shamidoisai, Chirumais, Mitrumais, Midois, Rabbi That I am the primary spiritual heir of my great Rebbe, Rabbi Akiva. So, may we be Zoycha on this great day. That is known as Hilula de Reb Shimon. The day that a great deal of the secrets of the Torah were taught. The Rajbi teaches us in the Zayar and Parshas Nasai, Uvegin da Asidin Yisrael, Lamitta mehailane dechaye, Ihu Sefer Zayar, Yipgun min Galusa Barachame. Then the Jewish people begin to, uh, to taste from 
the uh, teachings of the Zayar, they will be redeemed from their galos in great mercy. So, wishing everyone a freilichin lichtigen lag ba'omer. Have a great day. Bracha v'hatzlacha.